0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito Laysnacket.espnation.com. This is a Locker Room production. Shakin' Red Nation, it's Jeremy Browner here for the recap show for Clippers Rockets. Rockets fall once again, despite a solid effort from the team tonight, but they do fall at the end of the day, 109-104, your final score tonight. John Wall, your, your player of the game, arguably 27 and 13 assists for him Christian Wood also had a big game, 24 points and 19 rebounds. I-, I can't I can't remember a game where Christian Wood's had 19 rebounds. That might be a season high. And I, I really like what we saw from him tonight. Kelly Olenek also had a decent game, although uh, 23 points, 10 rebounds. Didn't get that shot at the end. We'll definitely talk about that final possession at some point during our show. And I'm not sure if Michael Brown's going to join me tonight. We ha- agreed that this show would be on locker room. And this means it's my night to host, but he could pop in at any point. Uh, So, and possibly the people that are listening to the show today. So, yeah, you know, tonight the Rockets, they they played the Clippers tough. And and yes, the Clippers played without a lot of their main guys. Serge Ibaka didn't play. Kawhi Leonard didn't play. Marcus Morris didn't play. Patrick Beverly didn't play. So they had mostly the B team out there. Tonight, but Paul George did play. He had 33, a game high for the for the Clippers. 33 points, 14 rebounds. Reggie Jackson had 19 points, 14 of those coming in the fourth quarter, where the Clippers they needed to mount a comeback. I mean, in the third quarter, the Rockets were down five going into it, but came out uh, up three, or I believe it was, you know, they were down or they were down four. Excuse me, they were down four at halftime and managed to squeak out a four-point lead at the end of the third quarter. And up until about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Rockets looked like they had a shot at this one. And unfortunately, the Clippers, that's when they heated up, and they started hitting a ton of threes. They only made 12 threes tonight, but it felt like at least half of those came in that fourth quarter. I want to kind of uh, look at the Clippers' uh I want to look at the Clippers shooting chart here for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so the Clippers, they made w- the four threes in the fourth quarter. And they shot, uh, so they, they shot 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 of 18 from the field. So they, they shot above 50%. You know, the Rockets, you know, given all that they've gone through this season, obviously, and tonight with no Kevin Porter still in, health and safety protocols from the incident that happened in Miami you know they, they played really well tonight John Wall in in somewhat of an audition I know I've talked about him going to the Clippers for a couple of weeks now but I think somewhat of an audition for him as the Clippers might look for a true point guard once the season's over but Clippers are a good team guys they they won 11 and 12 now they, even though they didn't have their full strength line tonight, tonight, they're still a really good team and the Rockets played them really tough. And I'm ha I'm happy for my Rockets tonight. I think they, they played, they played well, they played not necessarily well enough to win against a team that was a little bit injured, but they played well. I, I and, and they got the loss and the tank, the tank moves forward. They now have the worst record by a full game over the, Minnesota Timberwolves, so if we're looking at the standings, a uh, full game behind the the Timberwolves, but they've also um, and they only have 12 games to go. So if we go 0-12, the Rockets are for sure landing the uh, at least one of the top five picks. Now that fifth pick could go to OKC if, if that conveys, but at this point, that's where the Rockets sit in the standings. And look, Tonight, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to that final possession that the Rockets had. Now, if anyone wants to come up and, and talk with me, ask me questions, feel free to come up and hit that re- speaker request button. I'd greatly appreciate some company up here, but I do want to talk about that final possession for the Rockets. So Paul George misses the three on the on the other end, and the Rockets have a chance. Uh, shot clock turned off with a chance to come within one or tie the game, and of course. Given where the Rockets are right now, you're going to tie the game. So I see as John Wall comes up on uh, – as John Wall comes up the court, he's dribbling up the ball. Kelly Olenek's already, like, waving his hands. Like, he he's very much, like – you can tell this play is going to Kelly Olenek, right? But John Wall wants to, like, set something up, like, wants to try to figure something out instead of just giving the ball, you know, finding a play for Kelly right away. Takes the screen from Wood. He misses Wood as he as he kind of after the screen that Wood gives. He kind of uh, flashes out to the to the three point line, and that might have been a good shot. Um, but then he he says no to that, and he wants to take another another route. And then he finds Jayshon Tate. And Jayshon Tate, I mean, look, there's plenty of time left. Like there's still probably about you know 15 seconds or so. But at the end of the at the end of the day, he ends up going to Jayshon. And then Jayshon kind of dumps it to Kelly. And then Kelly kind of just takes a dribble, moves a little bit to the left, and hits a three. And, like, it wasn't the worst shot in the world. Don't get me wrong. It was, like, he, he had an open look. There could have been a better look. And they had time for it. And, and my issue with the Rockets in their three-point shooting, the reason why they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, if not the worst, is because they don't get good looks from three. They don't create good looks from three. That that's a big reason why they don't shoot well from three. Is because they're not getting open enough. And that was a perfect example of that. That that play at the end. And of course, you know, Kelly, the shot is nowhere near going in. Like it's just it just wasn't a very well developed play. Now they did have a timeout, and I don't have a problem with Steven Silas not calling that timeout if you call the timeout it gives the clippers who are a great defensive team a chance to set up their defense and i have no problem with the rockets you know taking like not going for the timeout there they that was the right call by steven silas it was just the wrong execution and look the rockets that's been their issue all season is they don't execute well they have good plans but they don't execute them well and it's because it's because they're a very young team, and they, and they have trouble playing together because they haven't had as much experience together, and that's totally okay. But in that moment, I just wish they had waited a little bit and gotten the right play, or maybe go to Kelly a little bit quicker and, and find him a better look than what they could have gotten. That's all. But if there are any questions, feel free to throw it down in the chat, um, or or you can come up and speak. I know we have Vinny Jay, Broderick. Silver and Christian here. Thank you guys for coming and supporting me here tonight for Clippers Rockets. And uh, I mean, look, the Rockets are 15 and 45 now. Uh, they've been officially eliminated from playoff contention. So close, guys. So close. Uh, maybe next year uh, and, and probably not next year. Probably uh, a couple years from now. But, um, you know, games like this are going to happen. I really do like the Clippers. I hope I can find some kind of Clippers guy um, here tonight so we can talk some Clippers. Because, you know, the Clippers are are pretty good. I know that a lot of teams are kind of overlooking them because they, there's the Lakers still, and then there's Denver that's been making headlines recently because Jamal Murray got hurt, and the Clippers are still behind the Suns and the Jazz. However, with tonight's win the Clippers sit two and a half games back of the number one seed, just a half game back of the number two seed. And that is very, very interesting. And they've won 11 of 12. Like, this is why they are so close to the top. And, and I wouldn't say the Clippers care about being the number one seed, because if they did, I think they'd be playing Kawhi a lot more. They obviously care more about the playoffs, and I don't blame them for that. But with even with a even with a, an abbreviated lineup like they had tonight they're still able to get to get wins and they're still able to move forward so they're 43 and 19 right now the third best record in the West and also the entire league and if you look at their schedule moving forward right you look at their schedule moving forward they have two games they have a, they have two more games on this road trip they go play New Orleans they play Phoenix on Wednesday that game is the naturally televised game on and that, that might be a huge game for home court advantage in that playoffs. Could you imagine if Chris Paul gets to play uh, the Clippers in the playoffs? How, how crazy that would be? But uh, that's besides the point. Then they have four games at home, one against Denver Saturday the 1st, which is funny because um, the first game on the 1st is Rockets Warriors, and that's on national TV. And I'm sure it's on national TV for Steph Curry, and that's really it. But then the second game in that in that doubleheader is against Denver, uh, Denver Clippers. So that's also a very important game. They get Toronto, they get the, the Lakers, which could be an important game. We don't know if LeBron will be back by then. New York, who could be the hottest team in the league right now, that's on May 9th. Then they head cross country to play Toronto, Charlotte, back to Houston in three weeks to play the Rockets in the penultimate game of the season and then to Oklahoma City. So of those games, they could go 10-2, and two and maybe maybe they make the number one seed. Maybe they don't. The th- and the thing is, they, they have to win all of these games in order to have a chance at the number one seed because Utah and Phoenix are just that good. That game on Wednesday is definitely one I'm going to watch. But I do see that we have a question from Vinny in the chat. Do you think the Clippers is a possible destination for John Wall? Yes, I do. And I do think that tonight the Clippers definitely took a little bit of notice – of John wall definitely look the, the Clippers need a point guard. Like they, they need a point guard. It, it's very clear that Reggie Jackson, although he's good, look, John wall would be an upgrade. And I've mentioned a couple of trade off op- opportunities for the rockets and um, for the rockets for John wall. And the biggest one that I like the most is one with the Clippers. And it goes a little something like this. So John Wall goes to the Clippers and a first-round pick, either one this year or one next year. The Clippers need first-round picks. That's, a bit, that's another big reason why they do this deal, and they take on John Wall's salary for po- probably two more seasons. You get that pick so that you can dangle in, in some trade options in the offseason, right? Or, or, or during trade deadline season or whenever. that They need picks because they traded all their picks to Oklahoma City so that they can have Paul George and Kawhi. So they need picks. John Wall, in order to be traded, needs a pick attached to him, no matter how good he is. Yes, he played really well tonight, but still, he's the point guard of a team that's won 15 of 60 games. Like, he is not, like, he's going to need a pick attached to him. He's making 40 plus million dollars for the worst team in the NBA. So John wall and a pick go to Los Angeles in order to come back. They're going to need a lot, a big salary and the biggest salary that's kind of empty is Luke Kennard, who makes four, uh, who makes $64 million over the next four seasons. Now that sounds like a lot because it is. And Luke Kennard doesn't deserve making that kind of money, but a, it gives the Rockets a shooter, not necessarily a great shooter, but it will help match those salaries in return. Patrick Beverly is also going to probably have to come in return considering he makes a hefty amount for the Clippers. There will also have to be likely, you know, I would like to see the uh, them be able to, like, attach a young player like in Amir Coffee. I don't think that's going to happen, um, but it has to be, like, it has to be some combination of Beverly – um, Kennard, probably Rajon Rondo, who would end up getting waived because he's not gonna play for the Rockets, a team that isn't close to contention. And probably they'll have to do a signing trade with Patrick Patterson, who you can you can guarantee you can he can sign like a three-year contract, you can guarantee the first season, and then the next two can be on uh, non-guaranteed. And Patrick Patterson's a guy that you can play. Like you saw him tonight, he started tonight. He was five eleven from the field. He can he can hit threes. They were talking on the Rockets' podcast about how that's a big reason why he's been able to stay in the league for as long as he has. He's he was like, think about it, guys. He was drafted in twenty ten by the Rockets, and like when he played for the Rockets, like he wasn't like he wasn't like special. Like we drafted him in the lottery, but he didn't feel like a special like player. Like I'm I'm surprised that that a little bit I'm a little surprised that he has been able to stay in the league this long but part of the reason why he has is because he's been able to evolve his game with the times of the NBA as the league has required its its stretch fours to shoot the three ball a lot more he's been able to adapt his game along with that so that's a big reason why he's in the league and he's playable like I would play him in the first half of next season and then trade him to the highest bidder at the deadline like that is definitely something you can do especially and he'll have a very tradable contract considering he's not going to make too much money and he's going to have non-guaranteed years for years two and three potentially so patrick patterson's coming patrick beverly's coming Rajon rondo is going to get cut but he'll come in the deal and luke Kennard will be like the main trade piece so if you if you incorporate all those guys you get you get got like beverly's a great guy to have for a rebuild like this for the rockets i would love to see him and kevin porter team up I think that they could be really strong for each other. I think that he could help uh, whichever player the Rockets get in. He adds some defensive identity to the team, as we saw when he was here originally. And look, I will always love Patrick Beverly. So I would be very happy if he somehow found his way back in Houston. I've been wanting him back in Houston ever since we traded in the Los Angeles. So to have, so maybe that's a bit selfish on my part, but think about it. Like, of all the John Wall trades out there that could possibly happen, there, there's very few teams that are going to need a point guard like a John Wall and that would be willing to take him on. But the Clippers are almost the perfect destination for John Wall because they need a pick, because they need a point guard, because they're willing to pay John Wall, and because they have potential people to make that trade work. So, yes, to answer your question, Vinny, The Clippers are a possible destination for John Wall. But we'll see whether or not that actually happens in the offseason. We're still a couple of months away from, you know, revisiting some John Wall trade scenarios. But we will definitely be doing that over the offseason. I know that there are a lot of people that want to keep John Wall, that want to trade John Wall. But at the same time, as long. And look, with Kevin Porter out tonight, you didn't really see this. But, like, he's not harping tonight on Kevin Porter's development, because Kevin Porter's not playing, but he is a roadblock for Kevin Porter Jr. in a way. And the way he is on the court. Now tonight, without Kevin Porter Jr., without, you know, without him needing the ball in his hands, without the usage rate, you know, needing to go a little bit towards him, without him needing those touches, John Wall got to play his game. And this is John Wall at his best, in my opinion. He's he's the number one floor general doesn't take away like Armani Brooks is a really good guy to pair next to him because he he's a shooter and Jay up here he's put his speaker request button Jay welcome to the show how are you my friend
1: hey I'm doing good can you hear me okay I can
0: hear you loud and clear
1: all right I just wanted to say first off big fan of the podcast before you guys even started uh, in with locker room Uh, but I think that for me, uh, what you're proposing in regards to the Clippers, uh, like trading with the Clippers, it's it's so funny that we find ourselves in a position again to trade with the Clippers, and for it to be, you know, all these moving parts, uh, and and for the other side, just one major person, you know, for. The first time, you know, we're looking at Chris Paul coming our way and sending a bunch of moving parts their way. And now we're discussing sending John Wall their way for a bunch of moving parts our way, kind of retreads, players we're familiar with, things of that nature. Um, I think the thing that I would caution against is we've we've sort of gotten into the habit um at least with this year with you know trading off james harden we've sort of gotten the habit of trading like a major star for um kind of the 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 idol of misfit toys you know yeah and we don't want to get in that habit because we don't want to start looking like a a minnesota or phoenix in previous years or some of those other teams because the hope is we've got a solid plan to rebuild and start putting together players that mesh and we got a direction and we start attracting free agents and all that good stuff. Um so I, I don't know. I'm if if that's all our our alternative, I probably would say, well let's just hang on to John Wall and see what else we can do. You know? Yeah. I'm that's, glad you brought that it up it.
0: I'm glad you brought that up and thank you for the kind words. But um I'll say this you know there is I'm not, like, necessarily for or against trading John Wall. I think that there are a lot of scenarios that come in. But let me, uh, me kind of throw this question back at you. In a world where the Rockets acquire the number one pick through the lottery and grab Cade Cunningham, who, who needs the ball in his hands, and then pair him next to Kevin Porter, who also needs the ball in his hands, what is the need for John Wall at that point? And would John Wall be a roadblock towards that? Now, obviously, a lot depends on that lottery. And because if the look if the lottery goes completely awry and the Rockets don't even get a pick in that top of the draft, then I think you have to keep John Wall because you're you're only going to have two first round picks that are going to be late and your team looks, you know, screwed. And I really hope that doesn't happen because the Rockets would totally be the laughing stock of the league. If that were to be the case, but look, the Rockets can totally change it around if they get um, if they get one of these top two, three, four picks. And I think John, like the idea of trading John Wall, also gives you the power to spend in free agency. And I understand this whole like we don't want to trade superstars kind of thing because we we've, we've kind of done that. And I get that, like because y- also at the end of the day, you want to attract superstars here. So what message does that send? if you're sending superstars away, but I'd also like to keep in mind that we traded for a superstar and he stayed here for eight, nine years. That that's a pretty long time. And during that eight or nine years, he was able to attract a whole bunch of superstars without James Harden. There's no Dwight Howard. There's no uh, Chris Paul. There's no Russell Westbrook. There's no John wall. So you need to be able to get that superstar in order to come in. And whether you get that through free agency whether you get that through the draft, you know it, it doesn't really matter. You can you can go either whether you get in a, in a trade. But the the main idea that you trade John Wall and the main idea you you attach a draft pick to it. The, the draft pick entices whoever it is. It gives them more incentive to take on a contract as hefty as John Wall's. John Wall's making forty plus million dollars the next two seasons. That's forty million dollars that could go that could be spent elsewhere. So the other contracts that you're bringing in, Patrick Beverly he's a restrict, he's a free agent after next season. So you only like John Wall, you're spending two years on him. Patrick Beverly, you're only spending one and same with, um, same with Patrick Patterson and Ray John Rondo, you're cutting. So that's in, that's in that uh, trade scenario. Luke Kennard's the only person that you're going to have to pay beyond the fall, beyond the 2022 season. But at the same time, like you, you have to do it. Like, you have to have somebody. And, and that's the price that you have to pay, though, because you're paying Luke Kennard four years, but at the same time, you know, you're paying only $16 million versus $40 million for the next two seasons. And to me, I would rather have that package of players from the Clippers because it gives me more... It gives me more elsewhere to spend, right? It gives me a chance to go out and get guys for heftier salaries, like a John Collins or or other yeah. guys that may come down the road. Um, and Luke Kennard, hopefully the Rockets will be able to give him some playing time to where you can flip him in the future. That I think that is how look, the way the Rockets are going to work in these next couple of years, it's gonna, there's gonna be a lot of trades. There's gonna be a lot of guy like yeah. shuffling in and out. Like even even though it was a pandemic season, I don't think that's the reason why you're seeing a lot of guys come in, come out. Uh, like Daquan Jeffries in, uh, Anthony Lamb in, you know, Mason Jones out. Like, I think that's going to happen a lot in the next couple of years. That's just how rebuilding teams are, um, even even in a non-COVID season. But the way that I see it, like, that's why you make that trade, so you have that flexibility moving forward. Even And you take the the trading superstars and you take that identity, and those are the cons, but at the end of the day, the pros will outweigh the cons.
1: Well, okay, so let's let's play the game that, that you guys kind of so often do on the show. Let's say I'm Stone's long lost brother.
0: Yeah. I'm Jay Stone Jay, Jay Stone. Okay? Jay Stone, welcome <laughs> to the show.
1: <laughs> if I you know, if if I if I'm him, okay, I'm really excited about the options you have in front of you. I understand what the team looks like now, but I'm really excited about my options. And looking at it, what I guess I would say is, okay, let's hope that we get you know we've done all these all this losing let's hope that we get this pick the ideal you know is to get Cade Cunningham or or whoever Suggs whoever we can get to start a positive sort of rebuild youth movement for this team but the basketball gods may punish us for whatever reason and we fall out we lose our pick and, and it goes to the thunder well now we have that backup option of okay, we've still got John Wall under salary under contract. Let's look west towards the Clippers and start discussing those types of deals, okay? Um, because the, you know then we're in a position. Well, actually, no. I, I'm sorry, I have that backwards. If we if we get the if we get our pick, if we yeah. draft the, the person that we want. Then we're looking west towards the Clippers and we're saying, hey, you know, we've got John Wall as an asset. What do you, you know, let's let's go ahead and start this, these moving parts. If we don't get the pick, then we're looking at, okay, let's hold on to John Wall um let's see if we can get a little bit more growth of the players around him and you know really really utilize that x factor in his contract which is he's got experience he understands what it's what it is to be the man on his team let's see if some of that can rub off on on wood or jay sean or something Mm -hmm. like that um so you do have those options at play um to address something else that you said in regards to, to like Harden being the superstar who attracted additional superstars. I guess that's a little bit of a sore point for me only because the way that worked is the franchise pretty much had to give itself over to Harden completely while all of that was going on. So yeah, he was attracting players and bringing in free agents who wanted to play with them. But at the same time, you know, Practice starts when Harden says, well, we're going to spend, you know, this night in this particular city because that's kind of what makes Harden comfortable. I don't want to get in that scenario again, although I would like to see us land somehow a superstar of of Harden's caliber again. We just have to be smarter about the way that we approach how we, you know— Somewhere in between what Maury gave him and, and what uh, Pat Riley would give you. If if we can fall somewhere in between mm-hmm. there, I think we got a solid foundation for keeping a superstar happy, keeping them here, and attracting other stars and, and free agents who want to play here. So that's, yeah. I guess that's the way I'd play it as
0: Jay Stone. That That's a good point, Jay Stone. And I'll say this. You know, when it comes to, like, getting a superstar again and making sure that they don't, you know... Play the, I guess they, they don't say I'm the captain now and, and they take over <laughs> right. the ship they kind of mutiny. I don't necessarily. I think the days of that where the superstars aren't in control of the team are over, and and that's a big you know a big reason why is because of how this era of superstars has kind of commanded themselves and they've become the most powerful figures in the game, more powerful than than even the owners. And you look at teams, like you look at the Lakers, the Lakers operate on LeBron's drum and the Nets operate on Kevin Durant and Harden's drum. And the same goes with, you know, a lot of the teams that have won championships, right? The Heat are the only example I think of a team that has shown that they can be successful and not be on, you know, a superstar's drum, but I'm not sure, you know, but also it depends on who that guy is as well. What identity they're going to adopt. Jimmy Butler has been able to take this, this heat culture idea and use it to move their team into the direction that he wants to see it. And that's all fine and good. Will that result in a championship? I think last year we saw that that really worked in the bubble setting. But I think we've seen this season how, like the Heat, the Heat are good. They're a good basketball team. They're not title contenders this year. So I think that the team, like one of these teams, is going to win the title. It's going to be the Lakers or the Nets. Like I can't, or maybe even the Clippers. After after what I saw tonight, I, I do think that the Clippers have a decent shot if they get a nice little draw and if they stay healthy.
1: So you're not you're not being fooled by. Uh
0: nuggets uh jazz or nuggets um... lost it for me once murray went down the jazz are in my opinion just a little too streaky um and i'm not sure if they can be able to withhold a seven game series when you need to get sh- like the, the thing about the jazz and the Suns that is a red flag for me is that they play they play a game where they play so quickly and they play with you know they they hit threes and all that and and in the playoffs, that's all fine and good. But in the playoffs, you also need to be able to get a half-court bucket. And, and Chris Paul, I think, will play that role for the Suns really well. But it's going to change a lot of the style in which they play. And if they get a team like the Clippers in the second round, that Clippers defense is probably the best defense in, in the league. And, and then after that, you got to go play the Lakers? Possibly, or the Jazz. Like Personally, I don't know how the Jazz are going to get past the Lakers. I think the Lakers are a terrible matchup for the Jazz. Um, But I think, for right now, experience will sell in the playoffs. And the teams with the most experience are the Lakers and the Nets. And so, to me, I I hope I'm proven wrong because I'd like to see a smaller market win or, or a team that's, you know, I guess not the Lakers or the Nets win. Um. Although I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't hate the Nets winning for for James, but you know, ne- not necessarily for anyone else on that t- or in Jeff Green, of course, but and, not necessarily any, and Mike D'Antoni, of course. But I guess after that, probably not for anyone else. But
1: and yeah. I, I've heard you say that on the show before. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I stand with your co-host. I am on the exact polar opposite side of that man. Mm-hmm. Once James left, the way he left, and yeah, I I get it. I understand what he did while he was here. But man, I just no, I I can't see him win a championship with another with another team. Which means because I don't want to see it, it's going to happen. But uh, it that's that's going to be the worst part of my summer should that happen. So I really don't. want – I live out here in in Los Angeles now, so I'm on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So I have to deal with all the Laker fans uh, surrounding me every day, um, and I don't want to root for the Lakers in that finals. But. If I have to, if it's the lesser of two evils, I think I'm going to be pushed towards the Lakers side. I really don't want that. I don't. But yeah, I just but don't want Harden to have that ring like that.
0: I, 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 don't. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that, Jay. But um, before you go, I, I want to play a game with you, right? You, you mentioned it at the beginning of, at the beginning of your, your guest spot here about how many guys have played for the Clippers and the Rockets in the last, you yes. know, who knows how long. Can you name all of them?
1: All of them, no. Um, of them? Gosh. Oh, okay, so okay, so we want we want to name we want to name the players that have gone between the yes. Rockets and the since, Clippers in in since those
0: they since they last met in the playoffs in twenty fifteen. Jeez.
1: Okay. Okay. Let's see. All right. Uh. Okay. Uh, Chris Paul. So that's one. Uh, Patrick Beverly. Okay. Two. Um. Um gosh what's the kid who's who plays for the Lakers now? Montrez Harrell. Uh, three. Lou Williams. Four. Uh, sorry, my whole house is exploding in a party now just because I'm trying mm-hmm. to uh talk. Um let's see, who else? Uh Patrick Patterson, we talked about him. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see, who else is was a rocket um
0: so gosh, five I'll, right now.
1: Okay, five out of how many? That's a good Do question. I, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like five out of infinity, but um let's see. Who else went back and forth in that trade? Uh I said Lou Williams, I said uh Patrick Patterson, I said um Pat Bev, I said uh Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Um, I said um Montrez Harrell. Montres Harrell. I said Montres Harrell. Um Gosh, I think I may be tapped out. Even though I'm, um, no, it wasn't Josh. Smith. Uh, gosh, I think I think I'm I think I'm tapped out. Oh, so my my wife my wife just walked in and she's an avid Clippers fan. Let, so let this is, it, it's a house, divided. Let,
0: bring, bring a house your divide. Bring bring wife in, Jay. Bring your wife on the show. Would, would you, you would just you like to say mention hello. your wife? What's up? Hello <laughs> hello Miss <laughs> hello Mrs Davis. Hello Miss Jay. Um, hello. We're, we're playing well, a game Mrs. right Mrs. Stone, here, with your husband. babies. Yeah, Mrs. Stone. <laughs> so uh, we've got your son here. We've got we've got your husband here on Millionaire, and uh, he's finding ah! a friend. And and we uh, <laughs> we're we're trying to name every player that's played for the Clippers and Rockets since 2015. Ooh. It's a, lot. It's so, a lot. So so he's got <laughs> Lou Will. He's got Patrick Patterson, Patrick Beverly, Chris yeah. Paul, Montres Harrell. Floor is yours. You don't
1: have Eric. Eric Gordon. Gordon. Wait, yep. Eric Gordon.
0: Yeah, Eric wow. Gordon. See, look, she's,
1: she's paying dividends already. <laughs> See, she's paying dividends the, already. So yeah, why he knows? Gordon. Um. But yeah, I think I think I've I think I've hit the I think I've hit the max, man. Um. I'm sure there are some some wing players I'm forgetting. I feel like Trevor Ariza because he's played for everybody, but he didn't play for the Clippers. He he, he was a Lakers, Laker, but he, for, he didn't play
0: for the Clippers. Trevor um, Reese has played for 29 NBA teams. The only team he hasn't played for is the Clippers. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he's played. He's played for like <laughs> six, maybe like 15, maybe 15. And and I believe that I believe that. Yeah. Um. So no, I I think I think that's uh that's it for me. Fair enough, fair enough. Think but I'm actually yeah. I'm actually so. trying to tally up make uh fact checking here on my end, but I've already got like maybe four more um, already on my list. Um, okay. I kind of, I kind of came up with this on the spot. So uh, I'm trying to, trying to make sure I have all of my, uh, all of my T's crossed and my eyes dotted. Um, but other guys on this list, um, how about, <laughs> how about Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown on this list too. So uh, you remember wow. Bobby Brown, right?
1: I I do yeah,
0: remember Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown. Yeah, Bobby Brown, great who guy. was essentially um, on the team because LA-based. he was he
1: was friends with Harden and Tucker.
0: Yeah. Um. How about Luke Bamute? He That's he also right. played right. I... for both the Clippers and the Rockets. Um. I guess you can also add, um, Pablo Prigioni. Pablo Prigioni oh played gosh. for. Played for both the Clippers and the Rockets. Josh Smith also played for the Clippers and the Rockets. Sam Disher.
1: So I had I had Josh Smith in the back of my head, but I just yeah. can not remember him in a Clippers jersey. He yeah, went there. Right. He
0: went there right after he like sunned them in Game Six. He said. Right. He, he <laughs> said, "Yep." <laughs> that's so, that's yeah. right. That. So yeah, Josh Smith. Um, you also have. Uh, Eric Gordon, Sam Decker, Bobby Brown, Luke Bamute. Uh, Can't forget coach's son, Austin Rivers. Oh, Oh. coach's baby boy. No, you can't forget him. Yeah, he's on this list. Um, I want to say there is – well, Ben McLemore plays for the Lakers. um, But Jeff Green. Jeff Green's also on this list. So there's another guy. I'm already at at least, you know, twelve. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to list everybody um, after this, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a lot. Um, I think, I think I'm done. I think, I think we're done. I think I've listed everyone. Um, but yeah, let's, let's go over this list one more time. Um, just, just for all time's sake. So uh, Lou Williams, Patrick Patterson, Patrick Beverly, Chris Paul, Montrez Errol Pablo Prigioni, Josh Smith, Eric Gordon, Sam Decker, Bobby Brown, Luke Bamute, Austin Rivers, Green. that that's and, a, that's and a I roster think, uh, that's a whole roster that's 13 guys
1: I, I hope I'm saying it right but Vinicius um I think it was the other Morris uh that played for us oh yeah and Marcus and, Morris yeah okay so wait did, did so yeah there you was, go, that's 14. It his, was it just his twin
0: that played for us but did he also play for the Clippers no Marcus Marcus Morris he did not play in the game tonight but he was drafted by the Rockets that's a good find Vinny I appreciate that so yeah that's that's 14 guys that have played for both the Rockets and the Clippers Of, uh, but yeah that that's kind of that's crazy. a great game kind of kind of crazy um and and who knows could John Wall be the 15th man on that list <laughs> uh and and Luke Luke Kennard maybe uh Ray, maybe Ray John Rondo who knows but uh Jay, I appreciate you coming up. Uh, appreciate your wife coming up and having a laugh with us. Uh, thank you for supporting the show, and uh, maybe catch you around sometime soon. Thank
1: you again, Jeremy. I surely plan to be in the room uh, a few more times, man. I, I'm
0: really enjoying myself tonight. Thank. Absolutely. Yep. So that that is Mr. Jay and his wife. Thank you guys for coming to play uh, that uh, that impromptu game show uh, here on the Dream Take. But yeah, I mean. Look, tonight was a fun night for the Rockets, fun night here on Locker Room, uh, talking the dream take, but also wanted to address uh, Tad Brown announcing that he was stepping down at the end of the season. He announced that uh, just before tip-off today, uh, and Tad Brown has been uh, a crucial part of the organization for a very long time. Uh, He's been the CEO for now 15 years, which is a very long time, and he has said that, you know, He's recognized that, you know, it, it's time to move on. And, and I don't necessarily think this is a sign that the organization is changing or changing for the worst. But, you know, when you're at a place of employment for 15 years, it's a very long time. And oftentimes you do as much as you can while you're there. And look, just like James Harden, when he left, he did all that he could for the Rockets at that point. yes. He could have done more. Yes, all of the team, the whole team before Harden could have done more. But at the end of the day, you kind of have to know when it's time to move on and search for opportunities. And it's crazy how a lot of teams have in Houston have kind of undergone the same transition at the same time. And I don't necessarily think it's a curse of Houston or anything like that, but I just think it's a sign of the times for all three of these teams. And they just so happen to be at the same time. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate. It is the end. It's more of a sign that it's the end of an era. Um, and we've kind of had to face that reality after every game in this season since the Harden trade. And, you know, it's just incredibly. It, it, look, I, it's not necessarily unfortunate. It's not sad. It's, you know, thank you, Tad Brown, for 15 great years in Houston. You definitely left your mark on the organization. And. The Rockets as a whole would not be as successful as they were without you. You know, also being eliminated from playoff contention earlier this week, the Rockets are the only team to have made it to the playoffs in each of the last eight seasons. Very difficult to do. And to think that the the Spurs have had a longer stretch, they had like a 20-year stretch of doing that, only makes me appreciate what they did that much more. I don't have to like it. Like, I don't, I'm not saying I like the Spurs here. I'm absolutely not a Spurs guy. Don't get me wrong. But it, it, it makes me respect what they did more because the Rockets, they did something that no other team could do in these last eight years, make the playoffs every year. And that run was incredible. The 2010s in the Rockets era, and that, that will always – I will always remember that as, like, my era of peak Rockets – Hopefully it's not the peak because hopefully something better is coming down the line. It might not be for a while though, but it's just a sign of the times sign of the times, but Harry Styles goes streaming. But yeah, it's just, that's all I've really got to say on the issue. But Tad Brown, thank you for 15 years of service with the Rockets organization heading into tomorrow night. This game's going to be rough. I'm just telling y'all right now, back to backs in Denver are never, never fun. I don't know why we keep scheduling them. The Rockets got their, you know, booties handed to them just a week ago by 30 points at home. I can't imagine what's going to happen on the road. Now, Denver is also in a back-to-back. They're playing the Golden State Warriors as I speak. But I mean, there's a difference between the Warriors who are 500 and the Rockets who are now 30 games under 500. So, I'm not expecting a lot out of the Rockets tomorrow, but as long as we get some kind of effort and we get some kind of um, just sign that players are improving, and as long as everyone has fun and nobody gets hurt. That's what I'm looking for for tomorrow night's game. John Wall may not play, or he might, because Kevin Porter is still in protocols, but John Wall doesn't play back-to-packs, so the Rockets may not even have, like, a true point guard going into this game tomorrow. Like, this is this is... Not, not good. Like not good at all. But you know, if, if go watch that game. Go check out the next episode of the Dream Take on our Facebook Live uh, with Michael Brown tomorrow. I'm sure he'll make something fun out of it on a Saturday night in a game that's probably going to be over by halftime, and if not by halftime before it starts. Uh, but go, go, go ahead and like us on Facebook if you're over there. Hit me up here on Locker Room as well. I'm in a lot of rooms here every day on this app. It's one of my favorite apps I've ever been on. Really, guys, go and download this app. It's only for Apple users, but it is moving towards Android within the coming months. So stick around. Stay tuned for that as well. Be sure to also go follow The Dream Take on Twitter at at The Dream Take and The Dream Shake on Twitter at S B N. And you can also follow my personal Twitter at Jeremy Grunner. That's J-E-R-E-M Y B-R-E-N-E-R. You can also check out all things Houston Rockets for SBNation.com at thedreamshake.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Thank you to Vinny and Christian for sticking around listening to me ramble for 45 minutes. Thank you to Jay and his wife for playing the impromptu dream take game show. And until next time, go Rockets.